This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Good morning, Johannesburg, South Africa. Give the Lord Jesus a great big praise God. Praise the Lord for this wonderful day. Hallelujah. I have a feeling spring is on the way there in South Africa. Praise God. All right. Our message today is titled, Understanding and Dealing with the Operation of Demons. And this is part four in our series. Understanding and Dealing with the Operation of Demons. And as I've said before, it's very important for us to understand uh, the operation of demons because there's so much demon activity in our world today. And Christians are ignorantly getting involved in demon activity, not realizing its dangers. Satan is subtly tempting people into these various things, not realizing that demons can actually enter people and then control their thinking and actions. And they can actually enter into Christians too. And I, I would say 90% of demons I've cast out of Christians, they don't even know that they had a demon in them in the first place. But today, by hearing the Word of God, the truth will set people free. As we, underco- as we uncover certain traps or open doors, uh, and people in their seats realize that they have been involved in these things, they'll repent, and their demon spirits will automatically leave them if they resist those spirits. All right, so let's carry on then for, for today's message. And we're going to talk about Satan and his origin. What was the reason for Satan's downfall? These are the things we're going to discuss today. So to understand demon possession and the influence of demons... Let's find out where Satan came from, and let's find out a little more about his nature and his character. Go to Ezekiel 28, verse 12. If you can do so in your Bible, Ezekiel 28 and verse 12. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. God speaking to Lucifer, one of the three archangels that were created besides Michael and Gabriel. You were the perfection of wisdom and beauty. Notice that. You were the perfection of wisdom and beauty. My gosh, that's incredible. You can't get wiser, and you can't get more beautiful. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Your clothing was adorned with precious stone, red, carnelian, chrysolite, white moonstone, beryl, onyx, green jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald, all beautifully crafted for you and set in the finest gold. They were given to you on the day you were created. So this is what was in his being. Ordained and anointed you as the mighty angelic guardian. You had access to the holy mountain of God and walked among the stones of fire. You were blameless in all you did from the day you were created. 
from the day you were created until the day evil was found in you. Notice God made Satan perfect and he was holy until he decided to change. Your great wealth filled you with violence. So Satan was filled with violence. Hmm. And you sinned. So I banished you from the mountain of God, expelled you, O mighty guardian, from your place among the stones of fire. Your heart was full of pride because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. So I threw you to the earth and exposed you to the curious gaze of kings. So notice that in verse 17, you have, your heart was full of pride because that is a spirit that gets in the hearts of people today. You defile, pride is something we want to avoid, right? Do not let pride into our hearts. It's a trap. It's an open door. You defile your sanctuaries with your many sins and your dishonest trade. So I brought fire from within you, and it consumed you. I let it burn you to ashes on the ground in the sight of all who were, who were watching. All who knew you are appalled at your fate. You have come to a terrible end, and you are no more. Now go to Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 12. I'm reading from the New King James translation here. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you, have, how you are cut down to the ground, you weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart... Now watch the pride talking here. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the congregation on the sides, the farther sides of the north. So evidently Satan's throne was below the stars uh, in a time where he was given authority. But he said, I will ascend into heaven, I will set, set my throne above the stars of God in the third heaven. I will sit on the mount of the most high congregation. I will sit on the, on the mount of the congregation of the, most, of the furthest sides of the north. In other words, I will sit on God's throne. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the most high, I will be like God. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol to the lowest depths of the pit. He'll go into the deepest dungeons of hell. That's where he'll end. Those who see you will gaze at you and consider you, saying, is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook the kingdoms, who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities, who did not open the house of his prisoners. The New Living Translation says, and had no mercy on his prisoners. Jesus describes Satan's fall from heaven to the earth in, John, in Luke 10, 17. Jesus said, Then the seventy returned with joy, saying, 
Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority. Now watch this. I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. In Luke, in Leviticus 10 verse 1, we read the following, uh, the NIV translation. Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, took their senses, put fire in them, and added incense, and they offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, contrary to his command. Now, we're going to see, in the light of Lucifer's the spirit of Lucifer, the spirit of Satan, what happens here when pride comes into the heart of a man or woman. All right? So here in Leviticus 10, we see that Aaron and, Nadi and Nadab, sorry, Ab Nadab and Abihu, who are sons of Aaron, took their senses, and put fire in them, and added incense, and they offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, contrary to his command, unauthorized. Now, there is no clear description of a censer given to us in the Word of God. However, it appears as if a censer looked like a modern-day frying pan with hot coals inside of it, and then they put incense to burn on top of the hot coals. So let's count reading then from verse 2. So fire came from the presence of the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. Nadab and Abihu served as priests. They were sons of Aaron. Aaron was the chief priest, and he was in charge put there by God. His sons were merely helpers. They were to serve Aaron beside the altar in obedience to Aaron. Aaron's sons had no authority to serve independently. They were placed under the authority of Aaron, their father, who was the high priest. They thought they could offer sacrifices by themselves, and so they offered without Aaron's orders. I offered without Aaron's orders. Now, unfortunately, these two young men did not understand authority. God always puts someone in authority to bear the responsibility, while others are called to be helpers. Someone's going to be answerable to God and be judged for what happens in that department. And that would be Aaron, the one who was put in charge. Nadab and Abihu had watched their father, and to them what he did was very simple. So they assumed that they could do the same thing. 
However, when they worked apart from Aaron, they worked independently of God, God's work must be coordinated under authority. So just because they knew what to do, that didn't give them the right to do it. And just because Aaron was their physical father, that didn't mean they could do it either. You see, sometimes children like Nadab and Abihu don't recognize their father in the anointing. Now, there's a difference. When a person is standing in his office of authority, those under need to respect that and do what he's asking to do if it's scriptural. If it's not scriptural, like rob a bank, you are not obligated at all. But if you are under the authority of the person and he is a family member, you are still obligated to obey the person in charge. No matter what you are in the family, the person in charge, if he's under anointing, carrying out God's instructions, they must be obeyed. God's work must be coordinated under authority, just like an army. We can see from this experience that ministry, which is done by people who are not in authority, is not acceptable. Lines of authority must be maintained. Men must learn how to follow. If we can't follow men in authority, we can't follow God, and we can't serve God. Now, those in authority obviously must lead and exercise authority in the nature and character of God, which is the character of love. When a person in charge and authority starts operating like a dictator, that's a dangerous situation. But they need to operate the love of God because that's how God is. His nature is love. If a person doesn't obey, that's their problem then. And God will deal with it. If we can't follow men in authority, we can't follow God. And we can't serve God. Because everybody's under God's authority. The general is obeying the president. And the captain's obeying the general. And so the sergeant obeys the captain, so on down. Everybody is following orders. If the captain decides not to obey the general and give commands on his own, then he has really no authority. He's stepping aside from delegated authority and taking charge on his own. That's a dangerous situation. The general loses his troops. If I don't obey Jesus and I start giving orders on my own, then Jesus loses control of the church that I'm overseeing. So we have to make sure all of us obey. My job is to obey Jesus, and those under my authority, that's their responsibility to follow me. And so on in every ministry, in every organization, and every position of authority, in every, um, yeah, every position of authority. So we can't follow men in authority, then we can't follow God. Today in the Christian world, many are trying to serve God independently, without being under authority. This is the spirit of rebellion, the spirit of Lucifer. So somebody said to me, so Apostle Theo, who are you under? Whose authority are you under? 
Family, there comes a time when you have to start be, being the father, where you have to be in charge. That opportunity was given to me, and by the grace of God, I'll uphold that with dignity and honor and obedience to Jesus and to the Holy Spirit. And there's been times in my life when I've missed it, and the Lord has severely dealt with me. But I can assure you of this, that in fear and trembling, I want to follow Jesus and give instructions only when he instructs me to do so. Because if I do not listen and give instructions without his instruction, then I've taken the church out of his control. And I will be judged for that. You do not want to be in my position of authority unless God put you there. It's not something that I wanted. It's something that I have to do. So sooner or later, there comes a time when you are in charge. I'm 75 years old. There's not many fathers older than me. There are some. There are. But I never worked with them. So I'm not under them. Those that, were, that I was under have all passed and gone on. Okay. So that's how that works. Today in the Christian world, many are trying to serve God independently without being under authority. And this is the spirit of rebellion, the spirit of Lucifer. Without realizing it, these people have overthrown God's authority. Therefore, they have overthrown God's throne. They have placed themselves on God's throne without realizing it, by disobeying God. They think they're no better than God. They act like they do. People think that things like that only happen in the Old Testament. They won't happen in the New Testament because we are under grace. That's not correct. It is true that God's grace will buy us some more time. However, eventually rebellion to authority will open the door to the devil, even in the New Testament or New Covenant of grace. That's why demons enter people. That's why we have to cast them out, because they overstep the grace boundaries. Example, Kenneth Hagin sees the spirit of death on a pastor's wife. While Kenneth Hagin was teaching the Word, a pastor in his, and his wife, ordained ministers of the gospel, were sitting in the front row. And as he looked up, he saw a demon, the spirit of death, sitting on the pastor's wife. While he was teaching the word, this troubled him greatly. And he began to pray about it and ask God what to do about it. The Lord Jesus spoke to him and said, I never called them into the ministry. They went without my instruction. Jesus said, if you tell them to resign from ministry and tell them what I told you, they will not accept it. There's nothing you can do to help this couple. Now, Kenneth Hagin said to the Lord, what will happen to her? And Jesus said, she will be dead in a few days. She went to heaven, but her life was greatly reduced, greatly shortened. 
There's so much more she could have done for God if she had not done that. She gave Satan an opportunity of killing her, and he took it. It wasn't God. Several years ago, Kenneth Hagin, sorry, Norval Hayes, spoke for us here in San Antonio. He also ministered for us in Janesburg. But sometime after that, he ministered here for us in San Antonio. And we were having a celebration. And uh, we went to lunch that day. And um, about 12 pastors were with me as we sat around this large table at the restaurant. And I said to Norval Hayes, who was a very, very close friend of Kenneth E. Hagen, I said to him, I said, Brother Norval, you know Kenneth Hagen so well, and he'd passed on at that point. And uh, I'm sure he shared with you some experiences of his that he never put into books. And I, I've heard of about 12 times that the Lord appeared to Kenneth Hagin. Do you know of a time that he spoke to you about that's not in a book and you'd like to share it? So he thought for a moment and he said, sure. He said, Kenneth Hagin told him about a time where the Lord appeared to him and said to him, some of my children die before their time, my ministers, my pastors, my ministers, because I never called them to ministry. And because, specifically, they split a pastor's church that they are serving in, take his members, and go start a church with him. And it never works out well with him. And if they don't repent, they die young. And uh, he explained the reasons for it, but I just want to mention that. I don't want to go into all the details. But that's what Jesus told Kenneth Hagin, and Kenneth Hagin told Norval Hayes. Now, personally, we have 1,300 churches plus in various countries around the world at this time, and, and more than 80 Bible schools in different countries around the world. And during all the years, I would say probably 12, 13 people came to us and told us that they called to start a church and took our people and started a church with them. And of those 13 people, 12 of them no longer exist. I'm not saying they did. I'm saying the churches don't exist. One still runs a very small congregation. And the reason for this family is they were never called to do so. And because there's no anointing upon them, for the task, the church doesn't grow. Instead of repenting and working for a pastor in a church somewhere, they had they hand the church over that they start, and they start another one somewhere else, and it fails again. We have had that happen, as I said to you, about a dozen times in our ministry. 
Now, they expect that because we are a new church here in San Antonio compared to Jansburg, I'm going back now a few years from before, just after it started. Folks come in here in America, and they would um, tell us that they were apostles and prophets and teachers. And they expected us to swallow their story immediately and put them in places of leadership. They have totally misunderstood our experience in these matters. They don't want to serve. They, want to be, they don't want to be trained. They don't want to be ministered to. They want to be in charge. And that is the spirit of pride. The spirit of pride. The spirit of Lucifer. Because we're a new church in San Antonio and not realize our history, at the time, I'm talking about, not now, they don't do that anymore because we've been here for a while. That's what they try to do. In 1982, one of our pastors resigned to go and start a church in Cape Town. This is from Durban now, from Johannesburg now. I knew he wasn't called to be a pastor of his own church. I told him so, but his wife put pressure on him to go start a church, and so they did. They left and went to Cape Town. A few years after being in Cape Town, their church folded up, and he started another church, and that church folded up. And then he got cancer and died. He was still a young man. And so, unfortunately, I've seen stories like that. So unfortunate. Now, those 13 pastors that went to start churches, I told them, God's not called you to start a church. As I said, we've got over 1,300 churches. And so God has told me who has been called. They've gone out. I've known in my heart that God's called them. They've gone out and been very successful. But people need to follow and learn to lead. Don't just do stuff because you think you can. You understand how to do it. Make sure God has called you and anointed you for the task. And do it under authority. That's the big key. Make sure the person over you approves of you doing what you do. That's very important. In 1952, the Lord Jesus appeared to Kenneth e. Hagen. And he had a vision. He had a vision. Jesus appeared to him. After speaking in a church service that night, Kenneth Hagen and the pastor of the church were having fellowship in the kitchen and having a bite to eat. Suddenly, Kenneth Hagen had a burden to pray. And so he and the pastor got on their knees right by the chair there at the table and began to pray in tongues. They had been praying hard for about 45 minutes when all of a sudden Kenneth Hagin was caught up in the spirit and Jesus appeared to him and spoke to him for an hour and a half. One of the things Jesus said to him was, I'm going to show you how someone gets possessed by demons. Immediately Kenneth Hagin saw a woman that he recognized 
although he did not know her, he had been introduced to her and shook, shook her hand at a convention. This woman was married. She was an evangelist and an outstanding singer of the gospel, gospel music. In his book, I Believe in Visions, Kenneth Hagin explains how he saw a demon enter this woman, a demon that resembled a small monkey came and sat on her right shoulder and said to her, you are a beautiful woman. In the world, you could have had fame, popularity, and money. She spoke out aloud and said, I resist you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Sometime later, that same demon came back and sat on her shoulder again the second time and said to her, you are a beautiful woman. You could have, in the world, you could have fame, popularity, and money. She spoke out loud and said the second time, I resist you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. In the process of time, this demon came back for the third time and said, you are a beautiful woman. In the world, you could have fame, popularity, and money. The woman said nothing and began to listen and think about the idea. The demon stayed with her all the while she entertained that thought. The more she thought about it, the more the demon put those thoughts into her mind. Eventually, the woman was obsessed with the idea. She thought about it all the time, in other words, or most of the time. At that moment, it happened that the demon hopped right into her head. Kenneth Hagin explains, as I watched this woman, it seemed as if she was transparent, and I could see that demon in her head. The demon now looked like a small black golf ball inside of her head. Jesus said to Kenneth Hagin, even at this point in time, the woman could have said, I repent from these thoughts. I command you, Satan, to go from me in the name of Jesus. And the demon would have left her. So remember that this is a vision. She's, Kenneth Hagin's talking to Jesus, and Jesus is showing him this woman while he's in this vision. He sees her. Now, any thought that is not scriptural should be resisted immediately, not entertained. Whatever the thought may be, it will open the door to the devil. Please say that with me. Any thought that is not scriptural should be resisted immediately, not entertained. Whatever the thought may be, it will open the door to the devil. All right, now let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, please. From verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. 
So we have weapons, the name of Jesus, and we can bring every thought into captivity that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What does that mean? It means any unscriptural thought that comes into our head that tries to usurp authority over what God says. We do not entertain it. We resist it in Jesus' name. The woman can turn thinking and dreaming about living in the world of fame, popularity, and money. And then there came a time when that black dot, that demon, dropped from her head down into her spirit, into her heart. Now Jesus said to Kenneth Hagin, this woman is now possessed by this demon. She cannot deliver herself any longer. So here we have a Christian gospel singer, an anointed minister of the gospel, an evangelist, possessed by a demon, it is in her spirit. That's when possession takes place, when the demon enters the spirit of the person, not when it's in the head. The woman left her husband and went to live with another man in adultery. In the vision, Kenneth Hagin saw the woman's husband. He spoke to a friend who was a pastor in the ministry and asked him to go and speak to his wife. Kenneth Hagin saw this man knock on her door. She came to the door with a thin gown on and nothing underneath this thin gown. When she saw the pastor, whom she knew, she said, I know who you are, and I know why you came. I'm not interested. She cursed this man of God, she cursed her husband, and she cursed the Lord Jesus. Then she slammed the door in his face. Jesus said to Kenneth E. Hagen, this woman could have committed adultery with a number of different men and then repented and gone back to her husband and I would have forgiven her. But she just committed the unpardonable sin. Kenneth Hagen, uh, Jesus told Kenneth Hagen, but she just committed the unpardonable sin. And there remains no more forgiveness for her. She will burn in the flames of hell forever. That's what he said to Brother Hagen. That's a frightening story. You see, family, folks can get passive in their Christianity. Come to church once in a while and not realize that they've been trapped by the devil. Because the five wise on fire Christians are in church every Sunday, not some weekends, every weekend, unless something serious happens. It's so dangerous to live a passive Christian life. Please don't do that. Not now. Not now that we see the day of his approach or his return coming back. Please don't do it. All right, so now we're going to watch a short video or two, and then we're going to pray for folks. Go ahead and show the videos.
I ate poison four times. Poison is still rolling in my stomach. Does it move in you? It's more, it's, yeah, sometimes yeah. I don't even get balance when I walk. Who can guess what's going on? A what? A demon. Do you know it's the devil? You know what it is? It's a demon. Because you're going to which doctor? And the demon came in. I'm born in a family of Sangomas. Do you believe in Jesus? Too much. I'm the only one who's left in the family. Are you going to go back to the witch doctor? My, my, yes. I, I want, I want. You want? I, I've do got you understand to... the witch doctor is not from God? Yes, I do. Jesus is the healer, He's right? the Lord and Savior. Right. He saved my life. Not the devil. Okay, say, God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. For going to witch doctor. For going to witch doctors. I repent. I repent. I will never do that again. I will never do that again. In Jesus' name, forgive me. In Jesus' name. Forgive me. Forgive me. Now say this, all of you demons. All of you demons. Inside of me. Inside of me. I am a believer in Jesus Christ. I am a believer in Jesus Christ. You must come out of me. You must come out from me. And go from me now. Go from me now. Go from me now. And you will never return. Then you will never return. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. All right, look at me. Look in my eyes. You foul demon spirits. I command you to come out of this woman right now and cease harassing her. You heard what she said. You have no legal right to stay. I command you to go in the name of Jesus. Out in the name of Jesus. Right now. Lift your hands and praise the Lord, church. Praise you, Jesus. There it goes. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Catch you, Praise you, Jesus. Praise the Lord, family. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you. Lift your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. Say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You say, I am free. See, she was totally overcome by the presence of God. You understand that? She had a God encounter in her deliverance. Now tell us what the Lord's done for you. Jesus healed me. I'm from far. And Jesus took me from that the deep darkness of the devil. He took me out from there. It's 
like a, I've got another body in your body. I, I went fifth, I went nine churches. Nobody could heal me. When I come to this church first time, my husband was driving us. When he turns on that robot, I could feel God's spirit. I could, I, I would, I knew that in that place I'm going to get healed from what I'm carrying. I, 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 I had heaviness in me. I, I had headaches. I was sick and I slept in BBH hospital for two weeks. Doctors couldn't see what was wrong with me. I went for, I had this pain that made me stood up from that chair because I knew that if Theo can touch me, something will happen. Today, I'm happy because he did. After nine churches, this is my 10th church where I got healed. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Holy Spirit. I love you, Lord of Lords. I love you, King of Kings. Jehovah. Jairo! and I'm a full-time pastor here at Christian Family Church. I became a member in 2013 and that is where my life has changed dramatically. This is where I met my husband. This is where three beautiful girls was born. This is where I became a full-time pastor and this is where my salvation, my deliverance and my healing journey started. So this is something that I started when I was only as young as 10 years old. I never knew what the problem was until I was 18 years old when they discovered that a tumor that is as big as 10 centimeters was growing in my abdomen. Now I have a sense in my heart here today, somebody's trusting God for healing, for growth on their body. The type of tumors is called neurofibromatosis and it's an incurable disease where tumors will just keep on growing on your nervous system and I've been struggling with this for more than two decades. The tumors that's been growing has been growing for 25 years. Uh -huh. And the doctor said that they are incurable. They will always keep on growing on my nerves. That issues caused extreme pain that I had for many years. It also caused numbness in some areas because you know when a nerve is being damaged or hurt, there's no way that no medication, no pill can help restore that nerve. When the damage has been done, there's absolutely nothing that you can do about that. Keeps on growing on the nerves, in my back, in my abdomen area. You have, stuff started, like you have pain? Down my legs, yes, and I've, you've know, I've been for multiple operations. Wow. Okay. Multiple. Okay. And for 25 years since I was 10 years old, but today's my day. Upon you right now. <laughs> And I was sitting in the service, not thinking anything, not asking the Lord anything, because my journey with my faith has been, I am healed. And that's what I stood on. And that's what I believe. And at the very end, Apostle Theo said that there's someone here with an incurable disease. 
And I was sitting there and the Holy Spirit dropped into my heart, Lee, that's you. I looked at my husband and I told him, and I went up and I ran to the front and I knew I need to be like the woman with the issue of blood and I need just to grab a hem of Jesus Christ. Blossoming. The Spirit of the Lord is on you right now, healing you. There it is. In the name of Jesus, I set you free from this bondage. Free. And he prayed for me and a power that I cannot explain came on top of me and I started to shake. I started to shake but while I was shaking I was on the floor, I lost my shoes and I truly believe it's a prophetic losing of shoes because I had to get rid of the old to get the new. So my healing experience felt like electricity that was going through my entire body. From my head down to the soles of my feet. You can see on the video, I was shaking uncontrollably and the power of God was just flowing through me and I couldn't stop laughing because I knew something that I lived with for so many years was broken at that very moment. And then I went to go see my doctor. And my doctor, he had a shocking expression on his face and I, I didn't know what to expect. Is now a good, is this a bad? And he's like, nothing has grown. That was his very first words. And that is unlikely, you know, for these type of tumors, they always grow. Existing tumors that was there are completely gone. So everything we have on paper. Sometimes I find myself reading that over and over and over again because it's just such a praise report that I've never ever received in the past. I'm sitting here today and I'm so thankful, so thankful to God. What He's done in my life. And I want to thank Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev for their continuous support and love. I want to thank them for their dedication and their time, for being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Because if He did not call out incurable disease, I believe that I would not be sitting here today sharing my testimony with everybody. And I do believe that this testimony will bring hope for some people in a hopeless situation, for people with a terminal disease, for people that have been struggling for years, thinking that God has forgotten about them, which is not the truth. We serve a loving Father that is fighting for us. And I did my fight. I came from the side and I grabbed the hymn of Jesus. And I hope that this can encourage other people to do the same and to not lose hope, to not give up, and to stand and fight for their healing. All right, praise the Lord. I hope you enjoyed those videos. If you are here today and you sense that demon activity 
has hindered your life. And you need to be set free. And you want prayer. If you want any kind of prayer for healing or deliverance in any way, please stand on your feet right now where you are. You don't need to come to the front. The name of Jesus will set you free right where you are. This is what we're going to do. So just stand on your feet right now. And I want the pastors and the leaders to be very alert of what's happening around you. Okay? Stay among the people. Stay among the people. Now, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Please, say it with me out aloud. Let's pray. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Say this with me, all of you that are standing. Dear Father in heaven, I heard your word this morning. I believe the word of God is true. I recognize the open door in my life. I understand where I have missed it. And I repent. I close that door. I will change. I will not live like that anymore. I will not do those things anymore. I ask you, please forgive me, God. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Praise God, I am forgiven. I have closed the door on the devil. And now I have authority to resist Satan according to James 4, 7. And he will flee from me. So I command you, foul demon spirits, you who have been harassing me, I command you to go from me now in the name of Jesus. Now I command you, demon spirits, release the people of God right now and go from this building in Jesus' name. And you will not return. Praise God. Remain standing and just lift your hands and praise God. Praise Him. Praise God, praise God. Now all of you that need healing in your body, put your hand on your part of your body that needs healing. And say this. Raise the other hand to the Lord and say, Father, I receive your healing anointing, that warm heat of the Holy Spirit working. I receive your healing anointing to flow through my body right now. I receive complete health and healing in Jesus' name. And I resist 
all pain, all sickness, all infection. Right now, from my body, in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Backs are being healed right now. Pain is disappearing. Spines are being healed right now. Necks are being healed. Ears are opening. Eye infections are being healed. Arthritis has disappeared right now. Hernias are disappearing right now. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Praise God. Cancer is going right now in the name of Jesus. Fibroids going right now in the name of Jesus. Some woman's ovaries are being healed right now. Couldn't have a baby. God just healed you. Praise God. Praise God. All right. Now, now do this, please. All those that received healing today, and you know in your body that you've been healed, I want you to put both hands in the air and give Jesus a great big wave offering right now and praise Him for it. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Give Jesus a great big praise offering. Give the glory to the Lord right now. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. You may all be seated. At this time, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and bow your heads. I'm going to do the altar call. And after the altar call, if you need counseling for anything, the pastors and the fellowship group leaders and all other leaders that need to be here will be up in the front ready to minister to you. You want to get full of the Holy Spirit, or if there's anything you want to discuss with the pastor, now's your moment. But we can do the altar call first, and then you can come up when I close the meeting. All right. And uh, before I do the altar call, let me say that next weekend uh, we will I will not be ministering. Pastor Bev and I are leaving tomorrow, Monday. We're going away for a few days vacation. And we were missing Tuesday night's prayer meeting and the following Tuesday night's prayer meeting as we get back after the prayer meeting uh, So the, of the following week. So we're missing two Tuesday nights. But the prayer meetings will continue on Tuesday nights. Even though we're not there, someone will be praying. You might not have the teaching, that's fine, but you will be praying. And then when we come back, uh, so two weeks' time, two weeks' time, I'll be teaching on, um, my message will be, oh, it's Pastor Alan Bagg. He, oh, Dr. Johnny's doing that weekend in two weeks' time. Okay, so Dr. Johnny is doing two weeks' time, 
And then after that, the third week, I will be back in the pulpit and I'll be teaching the last part of the cross purchased our dominion, part three. And that'll be three weeks, three Sundays from now. And uh, so don't miss that. We'll be announcing that. I'll send you messages by your phones and emails and so on to remind you. All right, then. Praise the Lord. Every head bowed, please. Every eye closed. How many would say, Apostle Theo, I want to be sure I go to heaven one day. I don't want to wake up and find out I missed heaven and I'm on my way to hell. I don't want that. Nor do I don't. I don't want that for you either. Every head bowed, every eye closed. So if you're here and you know you need to get right with God, this is your opportunity. I'm going to pray a prayer and God will speak to you right there in your seat and give you the assurance you need to know that you will go to heaven. You are forgiven. You are God's child. He'll put all that in your heart and there won't be any doubt, any doubt. But if you want that from God, then you need to invite God to speak to you and He will. So I'm going to count to three to give you the opportunity to invite God to speak to you by raising your hand. So when I count to three, if you'll slip your hand up, then you'll be included in my prayer here this morning. All right? Are you ready? I'm counting. One, two, three. Praise God. Raise your hands right now. I want to be sure I'm going to heaven when I die. I want God to give me that confirmation in my heart when Dr. Theo prays for me right now. All right. Praise the Lord. Keep those hands up. Somebody's coming to you to put their hand on your shoulders to let you know that we love you and Jesus loves you while I pray this little prayer. Okay, now I invite everybody who has their hands raised to say the prayer. Everybody else say the prayer as well, especially you that have your hands raised. Let's all talk to God from the heart together. You ready? Say this, please. Dear God in heaven, thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross in my place. You punished Jesus so I can be forgiven. Thank you, Jesus. Please forgive me. Come into my heart. I repent for all of my sin. Thank you, Jesus. I declare you are my Savior and you are the Lord of my life. And I will live for you with all my heart until I see you in heaven on that day. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me Praise God. I am God's child. I'm bound for heaven. God's my very own Father. I am forgiven. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, God bless you. God bless you. We love you all. Pastor Bev and I are praying for you. Please continue praying for us as well. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Dot com.